And we are back and we are the run duo. I am Tommy Mitchell. What's up, guys? I am India Cook. Hey, India. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. How, How are you, you doing? Tommy? I am good. I'm good. Feeling good. It's getting cooler outside. That heat ain't hitting you like it was yes. like, like a couple of months ago. So that's right. always just, good. Just took cocoa out. I was like, it's a little chilly out here compared to the last, you know, the last couple of nights that hadn't been as chilly. But for some reason, um, today is a little chillier. Got on sweat. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's definitely getting there. How's your last two weeks been? It's been pretty good. No huge complaints. I did the uh, PNC 10 miler. No, that, no, I didn't. I did the PNC 5K. I was about to lie to y'all. <laughs> I did a PNC 5K. I stepped down from the 10 miler to do, and I, I need to stop saying step down. I decided to switch my role, my, um, my registration to a 5K. I shouldn't say step down because you know what? We don't need a negative connotation on that. It is what it is. It is a change of uh, race distance because mm -hmm. I just really needed a, a mental break. So, but yeah, That's it cool. was good. Um, and then of course, cheered on some 10 milers, um, my friends that were running the 10 miler. So completely enjoyed that. Has to brunch afterwards. Like it was, it was a good vibe. It was a good vibe for the weekend, but everything has been going pretty well. Well, it's always, that's a good run when it's at Atlantic station because there's so much to do after because mm -hmm. you, you know, you're right down there in the middle of everything. Um, right. But I, I saw the photos from it. It looks like there was quite a few people. It looked yeah. like old home week. It looked like yeah. old times. It was a good turnout. It was definitely a good turnout. Um, I think it was, Definitely, it was more 10 milers, of course, than 5k runners, um, which is great. And they switched the course up. They I kind of go go on further on the belt line. There was like a gravel trail added into the 10 miler. So they did some switch up on yeah. So they did some switch up on the 10 miler, but it sounds like it was definitely received. Of course, those Piedmont Hills and coming out of Piedmont Park, those hills didn't disappear, but um, but they definitely did some switch up on the course. So okay. Um, but everybody that ran said they it was enjoyable. Yes, yes. Definitely and as usual, like it, was it, was, it was enjoyable. It was some nice swag. Oh, yeah, was it? it was definitely some nice swag. Like, I want to say it was my first time wearing arm sleeves. Have you ever worn arm sleeves? I, I, I wear them. So out of all the years that I have run, I've never done arm sleeves. I always wanted them. I do calf sleeves, but my calf sleeves are for different reasons. They're for like circulation. Yeah, compression, all of that. But I, I wore calf sleeves. For, I mean, um, arm sleeves for the first time, and that was obviously just for because I was like, I, I know that it's going to warm up because yeah. the start, I want to say it was high forties, um, and so I was like, I don't want to be standing out there shivering. Um, so I was like, let me do, let me go get some arm sleeves. So I got some arm sleeves. I enjoyed them. I kept them on. I didn't warm up enough to where I needed to roll them down. But I think that they're a good addition to if you're doing fall or winter running, if you know you're going to warm up or if you know that you're running a longer distance and you know that it's going to warm up outside, I think that they're a great addition. So. Oh, yeah. Um, to me, they're perfect, especially for a longer race um, yeah. where you are starting off and, and you know you're going to be warming up. They're mm -hmm. perfect. I like them when it's like really cold. Okay. I'll wear the cutoff shirt yeah. with the arm sleeves and I'll keep them on the whole way and it, it works perfect like for a half marathon and stuff like yeah. that yeah and that's what I had on I mean I ran the 5k but I still mm -hmm. knew that I, I didn't want to wear like a full jacket I knew that I was going to get too hot I mean because the thing about it is your body warms up 20 degrees um when you well, when you run and usually for me into mile one like by the time I get to mile one I'm already sweating because I heat up really quickly yeah so I was yeah. like I just really don't want that so I did I had on a racerback shirt 
and I had on my arm sleeves. They was like, you ain't cold. I was like, these arm sleeves are safe. It's perfect. Yeah, they they're, are. they're perfect. I got a pair of them. Um, I got them actually. Uh, Atlanta Track Club did one of their basement bargain sales. Okay. I think I got it for like $2 and I really? love them. Yeah, I, I this is years ago. Yeah. yeah, I think Atlanta Tracker should do those as some giveaways or something. Like, those would be, like, I feel like people sleep on arm sleeves. I'm like, I need to go get some more. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I got some Mizuno ones that I use all the time. Um, and I, okay. actually, I've, I've worn them, like I said, in half marathons. And actually, one in the that year that they did team takedown of the Publix, I wore, mm -hmm. I had them on. And we happened to run past where Heather and I were living at the okay. time. And I yeah. actually took them. I took them and left them at the apartment in the middle of the race because I got hot. Because you know, it got yeah. remember it was a, it was it that was the weirdest day, yeah. um, weirdest race because it really didn't warm up, but it still got hot enough that I didn't want arm sleeves. Right. You know, anyway, I warmed up enough where I didn't need the arm sleeves anymore. But mm -hmm. yeah, I'm with you on those. They they definitely definitely work. Do you do the yeah. um, pre race like trash bag or anything like that you throw off? You know, I ain't so rich enough to actually have a Nike shirt. Or, you know how some you know how some people do. They got like the fat Nike jacket and they throw it off. Like, no, I ain't got that kind of money. I'm no, running this whole so race with this jacket in my hand. Yeah, so it <laughs> depends on the race. Um, mm -hmm. And it depends on how cold. I think when I did 2000, back when I was doing Thanksgiving half all the time, I would have a throwaway. So mm -hmm. most of the time I would go to like Goodwill or something and get a random throwaway, like a sweatshirt that was $2 or whatever, or Walmart mm -hmm. and just get a shirt that I could just take off. But I also save the, so the jackets that Atlanta Track Club give you, yeah. that's like a paper jacket. I have like five of those. And Bryson's like, why do you have these? And I'm like, they're perfect for race day when you don't want to like, you know, I don't know. You just don't want to wear something and throw it away. I mean, that I have so many of them that I, I'm okay with throwing them to the side. Um, yeah. So I have those, or I'll just get a Goodwill shirt or something and throw it on and take it off. So, because yeah, I'm last... trying to do better with learning my body and how I warm up, because I have mm -hmm. learned over the years, I always dress, too, I have on too many clothes for my racing. And I think mm -hmm. that that is that's something that I feel like I know there's always like memes and stuff on how to dress for fall, winter, summer, but I think everybody's and um, everybody's body is different and how you heat up is different. And I think that I find that I probably dress too warm for a lot of my runs. Yeah, I, I mean, as far as the, like a run, you know, just a, like a training run, mm -hmm. I, I think I'm usually pretty good. Cause I, you know, in the training run, you ain't got no choice. You ain't gonna throw nothing right. away. So right. you just kind of have to run in it. But like mm -hmm. a race, I learned my lesson. It was one of, it was a Thanksgiving half and I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the guy's name that told me this. We were getting ready to start. He's like, you got too many clothes on. I was like, what are you talking about? It's freezing yeah. out here. Because he was running, right. like literally, he had on like um, you know, uh like running, you know, running shorts and a tank top. And it was yeah. freezing out there. Yeah. He's like, you got too many clothes on. This race is too long. And by the end, yeah. he was right. So that next mm -hmm. year, that's when I kind of went to the the just the, even though it was really cold, I went to the tank top and the and the running shorts, and it was perfect, you know, by the mm -hmm. end. So I've I've learned, hey, if you put up with the cold just for you know, a mile, mile and a half. It used yeah. to be okay, you know. Because again, 20 degrees. So if it's like 40 degrees outside, your body's going to feel like it is 60 degrees outside. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of one of those things where you have to take that into account. So yeah, and it, like, again, everybody is different, but I, I'm strapped for your wintertime running though. Like I have so much gear and things that'll keep me warm for the wintertime. I have some really good jackets that I've had for years. So, you know, telling you guys what they are, not going to be worth it because you're not going to be able to find them. But jackets that I, I have that keep me really, really warm during those days where it is 
low 30s um yeah you do need a little bit more so but yes actually i'm thinking about running the hot chocolate just to get that gear they got some hot chocolate got some nice hot chocolate uh, always has some, some hot... nice gear exactly the last time i ran hot chocolate honey it was so doggone cold it was not your like I had I was I feel like the last time I ran hot chocolate I was like it's too cold I was shivering like at the finish yeah. I was shivering like it was freezing and I was just like I'm just not here for it. the hot chocolate just the hot chocolate literally was not enough. <laughs> well, even I, the year I the year I ran it, um, mm -hmm. my feet were frozen at the start. They yes, finally yes. warmed up like you know three or four miles in, and then it was so cold that the, when you get at the end the hot chocolate wasn't hot. The yeah, the hot chocolate wasn't hot. It was the water it was like bottles solid. that they give you, or the cups that they give you, are frozen on a course. Like that's how cold <laughs> it is. Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, it was. But you know, everybody seems to love that hot chocolate race. So you know, people. But yeah, yeah I was looking at it. And I was like, ooh, that's a nice jacket. <laughs> yeah, they give really nice jackets. Jeff Galloway also gives nice jackets. He has his. Jeff Galloway has his 5K and half at the end of the year. They usually have pretty good stuff like vest or a jacket or something. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never, run, never his. run that race. Yeah. Me neither. And all the years that I've been here, I've never run his race, but I always see it. And I th probably think I'd never run it because it's in December. So that means this is probably real, real cold outside. Well, I and also, you're, you're, yeah. And yeah. also, it, around stuff around Christmas and New Year's, I don't like because I want to I wanna be able to eat and drink and, you know, <laughs> kind of enjoy. I mean, you can run the 5K and it doesn't make that big of a difference. But if you're running a half, or yeah. you're trying to race the half, yeah, you yeah. kind of got to watch your alcohol intake, that kind of stuff. So that's kind of why I don't do that. Um, yeah. But you know, one year I might run it. But I I'm thinking my next race is probably going to be. I'm probably going to run the 10K um, for Texas race. The you know they have the yeah. 10 miler, but they also do the 10K. So I'll probably just do the 10K. Um, the west side 10. Yeah, the West Side 10, and then probably. That's why I was trying to decide what I was going to do during fall or winter. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was looking at hot chocolate. But also, okay. you know, the um, Gasparilla down in Tampa. Everybody um, talks about that race. That's one that's it's, on my list. It's, it's in February, too. But, of course, it's in Florida. So it's yeah. definitely not going to be as cold it is, as it is here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm doing Thanksgiving half, but I think that that's it for me for this more than likely for this year. I don't have any other races on my calendar. I'm mm -hmm. actually looking forward to taking not a break from running, but a break from training. Um, because I feel like, you know, when you go through training blocks, I personally feel like you should have seasons like of training blocks. I don't feel like you should be in training mode all year all round. the time. It's, yeah, it's mentally draining and physically draining. And I feel like I've been in training mode ever since I Got, got better. Back from like recovering back from injury, I have been in training mode for for months, and it's just it's been a lot. So I just think that I'll look forward to getting Thanksgiving done. I haven't looked at well, I have looked at 2022, but not any definite races. But hoping to put a half marathon on the books again for 2022, and maybe even a full, but it would have to be a world major. So, so you you gonna go back to uh, your 50 states now that now that we open again? You going back yeah. to the 50 states? I, yeah, I think I will. I would like to. So if I do a half marathon, it will more than likely be a half that's not in Georgia. Like I don't mm -hmm. really have an interest in running more halves in Georgia. <laughs> so um, yeah, it will more than likely be a half that's out of town. Maybe half that I can just drive to do a quick little weekend in and out um, is more than likely what it'll be. Yeah, so, South Carolina is a good one. Coins. I ain't yeah. trying to um, go too far. You know, I'm <laughs> I can't be having these like elaborate race weekends. <laughs> have you been to, have you done one in Florida yet? I have 
have not done Florida. Go on, get Miami famous. Go on, get Miami famous. They're sold out. I think Are I they? saw really. So it is sold out, I believe. Wow. But I feel like I saw that was sold out. Yeah, I'm I'm good on that right now. Like I would I would probably do gas. Would you say Gasparilla? Gasparilla yeah, in Tampa. I would probably yeah. do that over Miami Famous because I feel like it's just overrated. Miami Famous overrated. Miami I don't know. Famous. Yeah. I'm not. I, I don't know. Yeah. I would probably, I, go, I, to, I I would probably go to Tampa or something instead yeah. of doing, instead of doing Miami Famous only because and because everybody does Miami Famous. It's like hey something different because everybody want to beat miami famous <laughs> or, or what have you ever thought about doing disney yeah i'm just not into there that's a whole situation disney yes. is a lot but i'm it not is. into disney and they have a whole i was gonna say there it is a whole community community of disney people and it they deep and they're very serious and i'm just not a disney person like i'm not even a i, I was a child that i did not grow up even on watching a lot of tv like a lot of cartoons and stuff i was telling braxton that the other day i was like i didn't watch a lot of cartoons i did a little bit of looney tunes a little tweety bird and sylvester but other than that i was not heavy <laughs> into the disney stuff so i will probably see a character and not even know who it is i ain't gonna lie so y'all can shut y'all can say what you want to say you don't know moana you better know moana I, I ain't, I'm playing with you. If you ain't got kids, you don't know who Moana is. She's new. She's new. Maybe right. once I get kids, I will. Yeah. Uh, I will Trust me. Trust me. All the, all this. I I didn't watch this. I ain't watched that. You yeah. gonna watch some of the same crap over <laughs> and over and over again. So anybody getting ready to have a kid, just be ready because I didn't see Blaze the Monster Machine. I seen every episode. It's got six seasons. Mm -hmm. We binge watched it one day. He still yeah. want to keep watching it, so you, yeah. you will you will definitely get into that. So yeah, Disney but, is not on my radar, so it's mm -hmm. not something that I'm like I got to do. It's not a one. I feel like that's a whole community that I just don't. Not that I don't understand. I kind of don't understand because it's like we're adults, but then we like dress up as a child characters, and yeah, I just sorry. you don't let these people have their fun. <laughs> it's a community <laughs> of people, and I'm just not a part of it, and that's fine. <laughs> I don't want to. Well, be I used to want to do the um, you know, they have the what is it, the goofy and the goofy, um, dopey, whatever. Yeah, where you where you running like yeah. back to back to back series of yeah. races for the weekend. That, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, that might I might have to do that like later on in life. That might be yeah. something after I retire because right. it's just yeah, right now that's just too much. Yeah, it sounds like it would be fun, and it's probably an amazing weekend. I just don't get the, I don't personally get the hype around it. People get mm. costumes, all these fancy skirts, and all of this stuff. It's a whole thing, but I just, yeah. Well, it's just, it mean, that is no different than any other runners. We, we all run for different reasons, but there's some people who just run because they really like buying new stuff. They I do. like having the coolest new shirts. I like having the coolest new kit. I mean, they enjoy the running, but you know people who are all about the kit. Like I got oh, my kid got to be like, got to have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's like most of the time you gonna see me with some kind of it's not gonna be a new shirt, but I'm I am you look good, you feel good type runner. So I'm like, listen, mm -hmm. I need something new. I need a little motivation. <laughs> so I get, it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I use that. You know, if I actually, you know, when I do get you know trained up again, I use that as like my gift to myself. If I feel like I've done a really good job training for a race, I'll buy myself a new kit. That's kind of, you know, otherwise it's always, you know, the cheapest pants, shorts I can find, the cheapest shirt I can find. Yeah. Well, listen, I can't go cheap, honey. I, I mean, there, there's just certain things and with running clothes, going cheap for me, is just, 
it's just not what it is. And I'm not. Well, you know what? I have per I have some expensive stuff, and the cheap stuff to me is as far as me because the main thing I look for is chafing. That's the part that buy, and of course, fit and stuff like that. But the stuff that I go and buy from Ross and Marshalls to me is just as good as the stuff when I paid, you know, for Nike. And I've never actually purchased Lululemon stuff, but um, I have some Lululemon that you know I've gotten from their, you know, the stuff they do. Um, and to me, the stuff I buy at Ross and Marshalls works just as well. Yeah, and I'm not gonna say so. I definitely have definitely I definitely have some like Ross and Marshalls. Uh, TJ Maxx items. There's some things that work really well. My issue is when tights roll down off mm. your stomach. Um, sometimes, like I bought some shorts from Dicks, the Dicks brand, a couple weeks ago. Ran in them a couple times, but for some reason, this may be TMI, but they don't round my bot, my butt, or my bottom well enough to where I get chafing under my cheek, and it's mm. so weird. And I'm just like, and I'm like, I never had this issue with any other things. And I'm like, well, maybe the fit, like how they fit around that area, They're because not, I'm yeah. maybe curvier than, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. They just don't fit. So it's random things that they like that. And I'm like, I never had these issues any other time. These are some really cute and great, like high-waisted long shorts, but they make my butt cheeks chafe. And I'm like, I don't understand it. And we can't stand Plus, for that. Listen, it's random stuff that I'm just like, you get in a shower and you're like, okay, why am I burning? Like, this is ridiculous. So it's just certain things that I'm just like, no. But yeah, I agree. There are some things that are really good, but like bras and certain shirts, I just can't go, I don't go cheap on because of the chafing and support. So the main reason I'll spend money is for a different color. Because usually okay. the cheap stuff is all black. It's black yeah, gray. Black you know, gray. that's yeah, that's all, all you're gonna get. Exactly. That's all you're gonna get. So you know, if I want to get some bright colors, I gotta I gotta spend a little money. So that's usually why I'll I'll spend a little bit more money. But um, right. you you did something. You you did another um, review yes. of a bra. Yeah, um, so I did a bra review recently. Well, today I dropped it today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, was it good? Was it well? Okay, don't tell nobody, so they have to go look at it. But you yes. did a, you it dropped today. <laughs> you want you want to give them a hint? You want to give it like yes. well. Yeah, so I dropped it today on my YouTube channel, Miles from India, and it was the Wazelle Flyout Zip Bra. And so it is basically, it almost looks like a vest, kind of sort of, like a short vest, but it has mm -hmm. a zip in the front. Um, yeah, I think that it could be, I'll just say this, it can be used for different distances for me. I'll just say that without spoiling anything, but I definitely think that it was good bra, good quality, um, definitely good quality. But on the video, I definitely talk about the pros and cons that I see for the bra, as well as kind of the ins and outs of, uh, of support, inclusivity of sizing, pricing, all of those things. Because I think that what we don't realize is that you know, we really have to do better with calling the brands out that are not inclusive of sizing. Like for me, I am a 36, 38 double D chest. And I have to wear a size 12 in Wazel, but mm -hmm. it doesn't, it only goes up to like a size 14, but I'm like, what about our 16, 18, 22, 24? Like where are they at? Like, why are these brands not branching out? And I feel like that's a love uh, area of, um, of size inclusivity that they need to, you know, do better with. And I know that it's on people's, people's charts. Um, so in the review, I definitely talk about that and color. And of course, you know, a brand like Wazelle, the price tag is pretty. It is mm -hmm. uh, pretty, pretty steep. 
Um, but I also understand like for me, being a well-endowed young lady, I can't go with a $20 bra. Like it just doesn't mm. work. So majority of my bras are $60 and above. Um, so yeah. So, you know, unfortunately, and more so, I mean, I could go with a $20 bra, but I'm having to wear two at a time, which is just not, it just doesn't, it's just not. Two bras? Two bras really? at a time? Yes, that's the struggle of trying to keep the girls down. <laughs> When I first started running, it was wearing two bras at a time, trying to find and, and sports bras, sports, sports bras. style. Okay, I got you. Two sports bras at a time. I was wearing at one point. So until I found some bras that you know had a little bit more support, but I was tired of seeing my race pictures and you would see those my girls before me, and it's like that's the struggle that you have. And I'm just like, <laughs> I just don't want to continue to do that. So I have to put a little bit more money into. You know, when people like they, they didn't even know it was they're like, oh, that's they didn't know. that shit. There she no. is. Yeah, there she is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there she oh is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but that's the struggle. Um, and that's something that I feel like a lot of brands can have work on is if it's not size include inclusivity, like making sure that their product is not harsh to where chafing can happen, like the way that I dip myself into anti-chafing cream before every run like you know it's stuff like that that i take into account when i do my reviews so definitely mm. go check it out for sure for sure um i did want to congratulate mr kipchoge he was awarded as the best male athlete at the tokyo olympics i was really surprised when i saw it because he's you know he's a it's not like he's um on a team or he's not somebody that runs multiple events because I would think that right. they would give it to a track and field athlete that maybe ran, you know, mm -hmm. the 100, 200, whatever. But congratulations. But yes. um, when I read about it, he he is the first person to defend his Olympic marathon in years. So I think that's kind of what got it. And in the article, they were like, and, you know, Kipchoge put on a clinic um, in Tokyo, which he, he definitely did put on a clinic with marathon and the way he took off and, and defended his title. So congratulations to uh, Mr. Kipchoge on another accolade. Yeah, congratulations to him for sure. There's this video circulating of him right now on social media. And it's basically a video of him doing an easy run. But y'all, when I say it look like he walking, because it's like, and, and everybody's like titling it, like here's proof that easy runs make you faster. This is Kipchoge doing an easy run. But him and his team, they look like they're walking. But it's but and it's so funny to see him doing like a slower distance. I, I mean, a slower a slower pace because he usually mm -hmm. is pretty like, he's usually pretty speedy, good knee drive, et cetera. But it's really interesting to see him do it. But you know, easy runs do make you faster. I mean, some, everybody got to do an easy run at some point. I know, I know. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I guess we all think his easy run is probably like our fastest run, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like his easy runs are probably like eight, seven minute miles, seven, seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just bouncing, bouncing along. Yeah, exactly. uh, we got anything else before we bring our guest on? No, I think that that's um, all today there's a lot of things going on in the the running community for sure i just want to um spotlight this one thing um mm -hmm. that i read i read an article about the coach robert johnson at the oregon oregon ducks track team uh, very well-known track and field organization there 
Um, un unfortunately, there has been some previous athletes that have come up, come out saying his, um, how he's be definitely body shaming a lot of his athletes and how the organization has spent so much money on the DEXA scan, which, which basically is a very high tech um, apparatus that can review your body weight and your body, um, body fat percentage. And he basically are saying that he uses that as a scale to how good or bad your performance is. And it has caused a lot of athletes to go into binge eating, develop eating disorders. And it also has caused a lot of athletes to have a lot of anxiety around when it's time to do those testing every year and what they're expected to do or the weight that they're expected to cut down to. Um, so unfortunately that definitely is taking place. And I'm just like, guys, what are, what are we gonna learn that we just, weight is not like, there's so many different people. I think Kara Goucher um, posted a post about it and she posted, she was like, if you look at this picture, I, my, my, stomach, my stomach is kind of hanging over my shorts. I don't have a rat, rock hard abs, but I came up first in this marathon. And it's just like one of those things where we have to realize that body image is not, does not equate to success or performance at all times. And mm -hmm. I think that it's unfortunate because a lot of these top notch schools and programs, not even just colleges, but even just, you know, elite programs have people that are not vested in the athlete's health. They're only vested in the numbers and vested in making sure that they're, they're developing the best athlete's performance, but mentally and physically underneath all of that, they're not healthy athletes. Um, so I just feel like we just, I don't know how or what needs to be done, but more of a closer look at a lot of these programs and making sure that we're having better understanding on the athletes and kind of where they are mentally, physically, and obviously their overall health as well. Well, and I think a lot of people, but I wrestled in high school, well, junior high and high school, and we had a high number, well, I say a high number, because it, at the time I was doing this, this was never heard of, of males with eating disorders, because with mm -hmm. wrestling, at the time I was wrestling, so if I weighed 100, if I naturally weighed 140 pounds, they would want me to wrestle in the 130-pound weight class. They want you to cut that kind of weight. And I'll never forget there was this, this kid that I'd known. You know, like I said, I've been wrestling since, since junior high. So a lot of us have known each other for a while. This guy that I've known for a while from wrestling, come to find out we're in high school, I think it was my senior year. Because senior year, I wasn't cutting weight. By the time I was senior, I said, you know what? I'm wrestling wherever I'm wrestling. Y'all can, because mm -hmm. <laughs> mainly, <laughs> mainly because I hate it. Because I hate cutting weight. I hated it to the nth degree. Um, but I said, my senior year, like, wherever I am, coach is where I am. You know, I'm not going to the Olympics, so I'm not going to worry about this anymore. I just enjoy, you know, it's a sport I enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a guy I knew went to the hospital because he became anorexic. Mm -hmm. And the year before, I think he'd actually either won state or come in second or something like that, basically because he probably should have weighed about 170 pounds, but he was wrestling at the 150-pound weight class. And it just affected him so badly. And the reason I kind of bring it up is because when you're talking about uh, body fat, after that happened, they started um, doing body fat for wrestlers, mm -hmm. at least in my county, mm -hmm. to confirm you were healthy. Because there were kids that were like zero body fat, you know, 1% body fat. They wouldn't let you get below 15%. Mm -hmm. 
mm. as a guy. Okay. If you were that, if they wouldn't let you, you couldn't cut weight anymore. Yeah. Um, just because of they've had so many incidents of eating disorders and, and things like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's not the greatest, but it's stuff that's been going on for a, a very, very long time. Um, and, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up as far as mm -hmm. men, Tommy, though, because I think that when a lot of people think about body weight, uh, when they think about eating disorders, many people only think that it is women that go through yeah. that. And it's mm -hmm. not. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, it, it, it definitely, I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> never forget because I would like come to the dinner table and like I, I had this little plate that I'd gotten that I would just put as much vegetables on it as possible. And my dad would be like, what are you doing? I was like, I got away, you know, such and such. And my dad pretty much just let me do it as sports, whatever. But I remember my mother would always be real concerned. Like, why do you do this? Why do you make yourself unhappy? And I used to do this in junior high too. And in junior high, it was, a, it would always be around my birthday. So I wouldn't even eat any of my birthday cake because I was cutting weight. So, you know, it's, it's definitely something, but when you talked about the body weight, the, the percentage body fat, that's what made me think of that. Cause that's when they started coming in. We use the pinchers. I don't know what it's called thing. That's how they would do it. But yeah, I would, uh, I always said like, if I ever had a kid, I'd be like, dude, it's not worth cutting weight. It's, well, and, and, they, and everybody does it because they think, well, if I'm a 175, 70 pound person, but I can wrestle 160, I'll dominate. Right. No, you too weak. I've had guys on my team that were great wrestlers, but they so weak from cutting weight the wrong way right. um, that they, you know, they get beat. Yeah. But, you know, and I think that, you know, and I think that that, that is a really good point as well. Just mm -hmm. like, you know, depending upon the nutrition that you have, like if you're not getting enough protein, if you're cutting back all of these things, or I'll just use carbs as an example mm -hmm. like there's a lot of people that cut carbs right and or yeah. they start running because they want to lose weight and so yeah. they go into running as oh my gosh I want to lose weight so I'm going to cut carbs I'm an intermittent fast and then I'm also going to just run my life run my life away and they feel like that is like the equation to losing weight and it's not you know what I mean so it's just like I mean I, there definitely are some research out there about you know what the, the the benefits of um of different things but i just think that we just have to be more cognizant of how we're restricting ourselves and even the, like the simple thing that you said about not eating your birthday cake like if you're like this this coming up week when y'all hear this it's gonna be halloween y'all eat the damn candy eat <laughs> candy like y'all know y'all gonna eat the candy braxton and i have a little little container that we have that I, we're gonna allow the kids to trick-or-treat out of and we've been eating it already. I'm just like, eat the candy. Like, of course, some of us have some, you know, we, we definitely mm -hmm. shed some pounds. But at the end of the day, when you're restricting yourself, you just develop these habits. And some people have these restrictions that you don't even realize that you have around food. And it's just, it's just, it's like, are you living your best life or not? <laughs> but on the flip side of that, we know we need to be healthy. So I, yeah. I can get on a whole soapbox as far as that. But we just have to, you're right, like the, the whole thing on having the energy to push through, having energy to push through on runs or whatever you're doing. Sometimes you're tired and you're you're tired because you're not giving yourself enough fuel and nutrition for your body. So exactly. and everybody's different on their needs. Exactly. So. Yes, well, yes, yes. We have some amazing guests today. I'm so excited to talk to them.
we have Mr. Matt Fitzgerald and also Coach B is what we call him. Bertrand. Bert, I don't like saying his first name because I always butcher it. Bertrand Newson, which is Coach B to us. He's been on our podcast before, but we also have Matt Fitzgerald and we're going to be talking about some good stuff. So let's go ahead and get him on. And we are back and we have some amazing guests on the run duo today. We have Coach B. I call him Coach B. We're not going to get him his whole government name today, but Coach B um, is here with us as well as Matt Fitzgerald. And Coach B, uh, let me give you, Bertrand Newsom. Newsom, <laughs> am I saying it right? You, uh, Bertrand Newsom, yes. See, see, okay. I almost, I, I almost get it right, but I like giving you Coach B. You are you are a friend of mine to my heart, as well as Matt Fitzgerald. And I have you all on today. I'm so excited to talk about a new initiative that is out in the running community that is definitely very much needed. Of course, you all know I am an RRCA run coach. Um, and one of, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the reasons why I started or became a run coach was kind of twofold, um, not only because I wanted to be able to assist people that always would come to me for services or ask me questions about running. I wanted to be able to have the certification um, behind my name to ensure that I was given the right information and detail to them, but also for the sake of representation, um, being an African-American woman, um, being a person that I would be considered mid to back of the pack runner as well, um, having representation in that, in that way. Um, and just for the sake of that, I knew that getting my certification was a big thing, but you all, Matt, as well as Coach B, have come out with a initiative that is going to help to get more individuals of color into the coaching space and give them kind of the direction um, and service that they need to be able to be a good endurance coach and continue to kind of add some diversity to the running industry. So whoever wants to take the floor, can you introduce us to your um, organization and tell us what it looks like? Right on. I guess I'll, I guess I guess I'll start. I think I think you've had uh, Coach B on before, so that's yes. why I'm I'm just putting myself forward here first. Um, so yeah, um, so I have a, a small company called Eighty Twenty Endurance. It's an online training resources platform for all types of endurance athletes. So a lot of runners, but not just runners. And we recently created our own philanthropic foundation called the 8020 Endurance Foundation. And we did so because we had this idea in mind. This, we may have um, other initiatives down the road, but the one that, that we launched this foundation for is called the Coaches of Color Initiative. And it's just what you said. You know, I think everyone who has spent more than two days in the running community knows that um, there is not a lot of representation of people of color in the coaching ranks, especially. And, and you know, I believe, and uh, my coworkers at the at 8020 Endurance also believe that that's not good. Like it, that, you know, diversity is just inherently good. Um, it benefits everyone in the, in the sport, but especially if you are, if you aspire to be a coach yourself and you're a person of color, or if you're just outside the sport entirely looking in saying like, that looks kind of neat. I, I might like to run a marathon or whatever, but you just don't see anyone who looks like you, um, you know, in, in a position of authority. 
um, that's difference making. It's like a, it's like a closed door. So, you know, we're, we're small and we're just getting started. So we don't think we can change anything overnight, but the will is there, the desire is there. Um, and a lot of thinking it through is there. And we just launched it um, uh, last week. And, and you, you know all this, India, because you are uh, a member of our advisory board and have been absolutely instrumental in uh, uh, helping us avoid unforced errors up to this point. <laughs> My pleasure. My pleasure. I am very honored to be a part of um, a part of the initiative, and very happy to see kind of what it what it's what's going to come out of it. I'm really excited and excited for the coaches to come that are going to be involved. So, Coach B, I will ask you. Um, before I know you were about to say it, but I want to ask you, I know on the launched video, you mentioned that in the area that you run in California, you definitely saw um, diversity in the area that you ran. Like you felt like the people that you would run with your area, your circle, your bubble had some diversity. At what point do you think you kind of looked outside of that to see that there probably was not diversity and more so in the coaching realm? That's a... <laughs> Um, first, it's a pleasure to be on with you and Tommy again, and uh, a wonderful opportunity to share such a wonderful mission. So thank you, Matt, for having this uh, dream and idea come to fruition, first and foremost. To answer your question, India, um, yes, the Bay Area, very diverse in many ways, but I got a sense of the separation when I went to get my RRCA uh, certification. Mm -hmm. Okay, right there. I'm in class. I was hosting the class in San Francisco. Uh, I was working in the hospitality business at the time. And great instructor, Randy, we both know. Um, great classmates looking around and like, okay, there's um, two, 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 I guess people of actually probably six people of color. Um, again, everyone's super friendly. I love my graduating class. Um, but it was there that I realized, wow, okay. And, and the class is in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, where my home running community is. Um, and my running club that I'm a part of a couple of a part of a couple, but is incredibly diverse. Um, mm -hmm. And I just did not see it then. And um, I think that's when it kind of really first popped onto my my radar. And I agree with you. My uh, cohort, so to say, was definitely um, lacked some diversity as well. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to see that that is shifting already. Like it's, I've definitely seen some changes over the last year um, within the cohorts and the people that have become certified. Now, Matt, I'll ask you the same thing, and especially more so because you do a lot, uh, both of you all, Coach B and Matt, you are both coaches. Um, but Matt, for you, when do you feel like it was kind of a, I will say a light bulb that goes off? It's like, you know, what can I do? What kind of pushed you to say, okay, I need to develop something that can bring more coaches in? Or was it something that you saw that was, that may have come from athletes that kind of communicated with you? Like, are there other coaches that are um, of color that you know of? Were you, were you ever asked that? Or kind of what was your light bulb moment? Um, you know, it's funny enough, I grew up in New Hampshire. So I'm talking, I'm talking to you from California. I grew up in New Hampshire, which mm -hmm. Back, back when I was a kid, and I think it still might be, was literally the whitest state in America. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but um, in, so, you know, I, my wife is African-Americans and we, you know, we started dating in 1997, got married in 2001, just had our 20th 
wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, Congratulations. Congratulations. (laughs) Um, And and so just, you know, you know, despite my deeper background, I'm just more sensitive to, you know, kind of race related stuff. And, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm neck deep in the endurance realm every day. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it was really when, you know, uh, when George Floyd was murdered in, I guess it was like, it was it March of 2020. And then like all the madness that came out of that, you know, a lot of people thought, oh, I need to do something. But my thought was, you know, well, I'm not going to run for Congress, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so I thought, you know, if, if, if everyone just um, does something close to home uh, to, to take a step in the direction of social justice, like, um, then like it could add up to a gigantic difference, even, even though everyone's just taking a small step close to home. So I felt like, you know, as a, a person who's in, in, you know, the endurance space and, and, and coaching, I thought, you know, I, I have a, a partner in my d- business, David Warden, also a white guy in a very white state, Utah, but, <laughs> but he totally agreed that like this, this was something that we could do very organically. Like it, we're, we're, staying, we're staying right in our wheelhouse, doing things that we know and understand but we're just trying to make a small difference, you know, where we are. And of course, you know, being, you know, the only other full-time uh, person in our company is also white. So, you know, being an all white company, we knew that like we could have good intentions, but have bad results if we didn't get help. Um, and that's why we put together our advisory board um, and, and, and brought, um, I reached out to coach B. We, we were already friends um, you know, I, I just admire the heck out of, of Coach B and was already like looking for ways where we could just excuses to work with him so that we could just <laughs> hang out. So, so that's kind of how it, it all came together. So it's just, it's just kind of personal for me in, in a way. That's great. I mean, I just want to say um, thank you and congratulations for just doing this. I, I think a lot of times people, they'll go, well, why do we need this? Well, the, what I've definitely learned in the last five years is, you know, with between before, even before the social justice thing started, you know, picking up steam because of George Floyd was diversity has to be on purpose. You can't just, it's just not going to happen. Unfortunately, in today's world, diversity just doesn't happen. Um, most of the time you have to, I don't want to say force it or push it, but you got to put it, find, um, find a, a, yeah, you got to be intentional. You got to find a place plant the seeds so that it can happen. And I, I want to thank you, you know, for thinking about that and, and doing that. Um, I guess my question, so kind of tell me the workings of, of, of this organization and, and, and how it is going to help um, coaches of color. Coach B, you want to take this one? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, good question, uh, Tommy. I think it's important for us to kind of take a step back. Um, you know, we're for... Um, individuals who in, in, enjoy running. Um, you know, Matt's an accomplished triathlete as well. And at what point did, you know, fitness get on our, our personal radar? Um, when did it become important to us? When do we see it as a form of therapy? When do we see it as a form of, of community? Uh, when do we feel like we belonged? And what was it that, you know, that, that light bulb moment for us individually um, when we had some own per, our own personal fitness gains? Or was it the bonds we had with people uh, either that looked like us or just had a commonality? And for me, I feel felt more comfortable when you have something in common with your fellow human being. I love to get outside. 
I love to run. I enjoy talking and I enjoy being as healthy as possible. More importantly, helping others do the same. So to go back to your question, um, having the opportunity to share knowledge um, as a working professional, I've been a, uh, you know, as a hotel executive for many years. Uh, Matt's, you know, multiple decades as an endurance professional, accomplished author, national and internationally. Um, and Matt was a little, um, let's see, um, he didn't paint the full picture, in my opinion, when you said that he have a small little company, maybe small <laughs> no, in size, small with three, three individuals. <laughs> And he said, you know, we do some online training programs. He failed to mention, I believe, and Matt, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, which I'm not. Um, <laughs> the, the world's most downloaded um, athlete-based running and triathlon plants. Is that correct, Matt? I think so. I'm not the one who keeps score. That's David, my business partner, but um, he also is not a liar. So if he says it, it's probably true. <laughs> So well, um, you, you you're, you're, you're reaching others in your own way, Matt, already in helping people be happier and healthier versions of themselves and people um, seeking out, because there, there are a lot of training programs out there, but there's a reason why the 80-20 rule um, is, is working and is resonating with people from a running perspective and from a, traf, a triathlete's perspective as well. And what we are going to be able to do is to share the cumulative knowledge base between our advisory committee, uh, Matt and his team members with 8020 Endurance to an audience um, that may have a lot of athletes running and participating, but on the flip side, where is the disconnect? Where are those, those experienced athletes being able to cross over into coaches and to mentors um, to, to let people know eyeball to eyeball that there is a sustainable rewarding career where you can impact and touch lives. You can ignite um, creativity and, and purpose and um, the opportunity, maybe for that young uh, girl or boy, wherever they may be in the inner city or in rural America, that if they can uh, tap their inner athlete, be able to su subsidize their education um, because of their found love for running track and field, cross country, or any other endurance-based sport because the coach was able to see that talent within them. And it may be a, a, a little soon, but for them to get out to um, a workout, it can be life-changing. And you know, I, I will go back to my childhood. I mean, I was an active member in the Boys and Girls Club back in the day. And I can tell you without question, I would not be the I would not be here right now if I didn't have that type of mentoring and that safe haven and the instructors, um, you know, the, the youth instructors, um, the coaches, um, the activity directors that looked like me that had a vested interest. So I feel that we're going to be able to offer those individuals the opportunity to have a greater reach and not to waste time spinning their wheels on how do I, you know, to get through the training process that uh, India, you and I have gone through on the RRCA side, and Matt has gone through, I'm sure through a couple other organizations, Matt's also a certified nutritionist, and, 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 um, but to get the, 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 uh, the, to be credentialed, which is important, um, and then to go through a year long, not, hey, we're gonna go ahead and, and take care of some fees and, and get the, the credit for that. No, 
a year-long apprenticeship um, and helping ensure that anything that we have learned as professionals and paying it forward and investing in those individuals going through the um, uh, apprenticeship, that they're able to pay it forward. Um, I think that's very, very valuable and making small, small differences um, can lead to big changes. Right, so Matt, yeah. Break, break down for us, Matt, the just what exactly a coach or a, um, a coach that will be working with the Coaches of Color Initiative, what will it look like for them? What is the kind of the pillars that um, your organization will be providing? Right on. So yeah, we're we're going to a reward. We're calling them apprenticeship grants. Um, so okay. we're starting with one, you know, because we want to get it right, and you know, because you know, we we don't it the the, the vision we came up with is resource intensive, uh, both you know financially and human resource intensive. Um, so we have uh, we're receiving applications now um, at the eighty twenty foundation org website um, people can apply for the the very first uh, coaches of color initiative apprenticeship grant um, it'll be open for four weeks so until uh, november 18th um, and then we're going to award um, that first apprenticeship grant on december 1st um, and and then that person will start uh they'll they'll hit the ground running so to speak on january 1st so the first apprenticeship will last all of of 2022 um and during that period um we're, we're actually co um 8020 endurance we're we're creating our own coaching certification so again we we don't just cover running we cover all endurance disciplines so we um there's been demand from our community for you know our own proprietary coaching certification so we're in the process of creating that. It's it's fairly close, maybe a couple of months out. So that will be available. So so our first uh, uh, apprentice will uh, receive the training and credential, you know, free of charge, of course. Uh, that person will also have one-on-one -on -one, uh, mentorship sessions, mentoring sessions with you, India, with the other advisors, with Coach B, with myself, with David Warden, um, the other principal um, in eighty twenty endurance. And then really with whoever else is interested, um, there's really no ceiling to that sort of thing. And then we're actually going to give um, this ind individual hands-on experience uh, through our platform. They'll be participating in the forums, uh, online forums, answering athlete questions. We have a custom training plan service. So when this individual is ready, we will, I'll sort of like the, the business that normally I would take um, I'll start handing some of it to this individual for them to, and this would be for additional income uh, beyond that. There's a stipend, a monthly stipend, which I forgot to mention up to this point. Uh, so one, <laughs> one, one thousand dollars a month uh, through for the entire uh, for the entire year. But there will be additional income opportunities uh, for this individual when he or she is ready, um, and then really whatever else um, that um, that this. If they like to write, they could write uh, posts for our, our weekly blog. If they're more comfortable doing video tips, uh, they could do that or they could do both. Um, so it's going to be, we're going to, we're, there's some built in flexibility because, you know, this is going to be a real human being um, who has their own interests, their own skills, their own experiences. So we're going to mold it to fit that individual. Um, I think we want it to be very rich, very, three, you know, three dimensional. Um, so that, you know, by the end of that year, that person is not, not only has $12,000 in their, in their pocket, but also has training, uh, a, you know, a credential, 
a network experience connections and it's just you know really ready to go from there and and we want to keep that person involved um we don't have we don't necessarily have a plan for when we bring on a, a second apprentice and a third it'll be sort of you know conditions based you know if we have mm -hmm. once we have the funding in place and we're confident we can give this person um you know an a plus quality experience then so, but the idea is that graduates um, or alumni of the program will turn around and mentor the people who come along after them. And hopefully every, every single person who goes through this program will stay involved uh, in some way. Right. And I know, I think one of the questions that I asked is the certification piece, 8020 is, is fostering their certification and that will be on the same kind of level as a USTF or RRCA certification. Yeah, it's it's a little bit. I think of it as being a little bit more parallel to something like uh, the Ironman certification, or like there's like you know the the pose running method or the chi running method, where it's it's mm -hmm. it's more of a brand versus like you know a, a governing body or or, or okay. you know that that mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, okay. So it, it doesn't really um, it's not really exclusive to anything else, especially given the fact that it, it is an umbrella credential that covers all endurance disciplines. You know, if this, if the person, if the first grant recipient is is a triathlon coach, for example, that person mm -hmm. might want to additionally get an Ironman certification or a USA triathlon certification, mm -hmm. um, and we would we would encourage that, and we would we would uh, probably cover those fees. Um, yeah, something that I'm, I'm just excited to work with is this individual is going to get so many like buckets of things, a lot of resources and just a lot of knowledge they're gonna receive through this whole year and interacting with all of us that are not only yourself, Coach B and Matt, but just all of the advisors on the board, we're all from different backgrounds. We all do different, very different things as a yeah. whole, like yeah. <laughs> the services that we provide as coaches now, other disciplines that we do, the the, out, the outside work that we do as individuals. Um, so I think that the, the wealth of knowledge and the questions that can be asked, there's someone within um, that are current advisors or on the staff of this organization are there's there's an, a place that someone there's there's an area for some everybody if they, if I'm making any sense like there's any question that you have I'm pretty sure out of all of us we can answer it for you and get you the resources that you need or the knowledge that you need from it so I'm really excited about that piece and Matt you left something out when you were naming off all the stuff they're going to get they're also going to get to come on the run duo podcast and be uh, interviewed yes. by <laughs> myself in India so don't forget didn't want remember, to remember yeah go ahead and put that on part of it because I think you'll get a lot more applicants if you, okay if you put that on there so but um, update the website Matt is what he's trying to tell you <laughs> let me ask you this and I, I mean I know you don't want to you know kind of say exactly what you're looking for but like these people that are putting in their applications are you looking are you ideally for this first person are you looking for someone who's like a, a blank sheet of paper who's not coached Maybe they are in endurance. Are you looking for someone who does have a little bit of coaching experience where they're looking to, to get more experience and, and need that support to get them over the hump? I'll give uh, Coach B a, a, a whack at this one too. But uh, for myself, I, 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 I sort of intentionally put as little thought into that as possible because mm -hmm. I wanted to be as, as open as, as possible. So if you, if you, you, know, if you go to the, the online application form, mm -hmm. you'll see that, that we're, we're not asking for a resume or anything. We just want to know, you know who you are, where you are, and, and why you want to, to do this. Um, uh, we're just we're assuming that everyone who applies is deserving. We don't even want to use that word deserving. Um, mm -hmm. 
and so it'll just be more kind of a a, a, a feels right. I, I guess if I were going to put out some kind of standard, it would just be. I think I'm I'm I'm, and I don't get the only vote on this, but my vote will go for the person that I think will probably benefit the most yeah. from it. Um, and and I couldn't reduce that to a formula, but I think it, it'll be sort of like it'll feel right. <laughs> and to further that, um, for me, I'm looking at um, whose story is most compelling, where it resonates, where it's, it, and I think it'd be clear. And Matt and I, we're seeing some, uh, the, the, the scope and the diversity of the applicants and not just domestically. I mean, we're getting interest from across the world, which is really, really cool. Um, from some people who are uh, accomplished uh, endurance athletes. I mean, multiple Ironmans, um, multiple marathons to, um, people that are, you know, your kind of a couch to half marathon, couch to, to marathon, um, mm -hmm. that have found their inner athlete and are just looking, they, they feel that, that uh, inner voice speaking to them that this is where they need to be, much like myself. I mean, you know, you've heard my story a thousand times, you know, working in corporate America, uh, finding my uh, running bug later in life, and it just flourished to the point where I said, I, in an adios corporate America, I want to be an endurance coach and to see that fire burning in some of these applicants that are submitting their uh, virtual resumes is really cool. So, um, but I think this, this, their story um, and certainly where we feel that um, the resources that we're providing um, will benefit them the most where they can have, again, a, a long sustained career helping others um, in the endurance space. Yeah. And I love the fact that we have a fantastic advisory committee um, that we will all be able to chime in and, and have some say. Um, I don't want that decision all on my shoulders, <laughs> um, but I do, I would like to, you know, which we all will have, have a say. So, um, and, you know, as Matt said, kicking off 2022, um, this person's going to hit the ground running. I guess some pun intended. <laughs> of course, some <laughs> pun intended, definitely. Is there anything else that you all would like to share about the Coaches of Color Initiative? Well, jeepers, uh, that's a sh that's a showstopper right there. Um, I think I think we've covered it. Um, you know, it, you know, it's just I, I would emphasize that. Um, you know, uh, well, here's what I would say. I, I what one of the things I'm looking forward to is actually learning from the apprentice. Uh, you know, because I mean, we're not choosing someone. It's no whoever it is. It's not going to be a blank slate. This person's going to be you know, 20, 30, 40 years old, and will have a lot to offer right. from day one. And, and one of the things that, you know, as a coach, I learn from my athletes all the time. I, I view that as a collaborative uh, relationship. You know, if I get ever get to the point where I feel like I know everything, please shoot me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that aspect of it, of just really being, um, being able to interact with this person and, and those who follow you know, have it go in both directions. Yeah, definitely being a partnership is what yes. is, is going to be because at the end of the day, we'll be working with them soon. Yes. <laughs> Once they get through the program, they'll, we'll be working with them and looking forward to everything that we all can provide to each other. So definitely good. Coach V, do you have anything else you would like to add? Yes. Uh, let's uh -oh. see here. Uh, <laughs> that we're not just talking about it, you know, that it's not an idea that it is right here in front of us, that it is happening, that is, it is launched, that we are receiving 
interest in applications as we speak that someone will be selected and you know potentially depending on um, how the, the the fundraising goes, we may be able to, you know, down the road have somebody else, um, maybe before the end of 2022, maybe we can add somebody concurrently, again, to be determined, because what we are seeing is interest from corporate America, and interest mm -hmm. from other parties that are going to help, going to need to do some heavy lifting here, and kind of put some resources behind the message, because everyone says, oh, that's great, great coach Matt, great mm -hmm. India, great coach B, okay, now we are here, it's time to go to work. So we'll do our part, yeah. we will select and choose and mentor, but we need corporate America, we need those other partners as well to afford resources, opportunities for the, our, our people to um, cross train outside of our internal network as well. And where are those financial resources? And we're talking about some ways um, where we can fundraise um, to help subsidize the program um, internally versus um, externally with corporate America. Great. That, that, that is great. One more time, Matt. Um, I know you said it during your, when you were talking about it, but go ahead and give us the website again and any other uh, uh, social media uh, you want to give us as well so they can, if they want to apply. Sure thing. Uh, so the, uh, the, the foundation website is 8020foundation.org. Um, and you'll find if you click the initiatives button up top, that'll take you to the Coaches of Color initiative. You can find everything about it uh, there that you, if you'd like to donate, you can donate. If you'd like to apply, uh, apply. And you know, what, one of the things that our, one of our other advisors, Angelina Ramos uh, stressed is there will be people who feel like they, they don't deserve to apply. And, and she encouraged us to, to reach out um, and to recruit. So I'm um, you're going to use this platform for that. Like, don't be shy. Like you do deserve this opportunity. Um, and so go ahead, go for it. You know, we can only pick uh, one person this first time around, uh, but you are deserving. So um, don't be shy. Uh, come on and apply. Yeah, definitely apply. And for all the people that have, I've had some people reach out to me, they're like, same thing, like, should I do this? And I'm like, of course, <laughs> of course, of course, of course, it is something that is, um, it is going to be amazing. Of course, you are deserving and a great organization and great connections that will be made and obtaining great resources and knowledge, and just a great venture for your future. So definitely looking forward to it. Amen. <laughs> amen amen well thank you so much gentlemen coach b coach matt for being on we greatly appreciate it i am pretty sure this will not be the last time that we will hear from you all and hearing more about coach of color like tommy said we would love to have um the recipient and apprentice on to talk about their process whether that be kind of midway through the end we'll figure that piece out but we would love to hear about it and get more word out um so this can continue to be an ongoing um program and a very fruitful program as well. Thank you so much to both of you. Appreciate of the opportunity. Best is yet to come. Yes, thanks guys. Wow, what a great conversation. Listen, they're so great. I'm so excited about the Coaches of Color initiative and I can't, I can't wait to see what's coming up next. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, India, if they want to get in touch with you to find out about these bras, Want to see how they can do the double bra like you told them? You can do the double I'll bra. The double bra. <laughs> they get in touch, you do that. How would they do that? Yeah, so you can hit me up on my YouTube page where you can see the, the video at Mouse from India. My website is mousefromindia.com. 
Um, and if you would like to email me, you email, email me at contact at milesfromindia.com as well. And on Instagram at I of Indigo Runs. And that's Indigo with the E. And you can reach me at Thomas W. Mitchell, the number two at gmail.com and tmitch68 on Instagram. Check me out on Strava. Yeah, I get a lot of people following me on Strava. Follow me on Strava. Hit me up. Say, good job. Give me that kudos on Strava to keep me going so I don't get lazy again. Uh, right. But I think you Strava's by your um, by your uh, email address. But yeah, definitely um, find Tommy on Strava because he don't be posting on social media. No, that's running. it. He'll be like, your boy running? I'm like, he just don't post that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gotten away from the post and that social media, y'all. I can't take y'all no more. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but um, we can't wait to see y'all again in two weeks, and then we'll talk about New York City Marathon when we get back. Yes. All right, All peace. Right.